Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for, what the hell is it, the 19th of, I almost said February, the 19th of October 2022, Halloween fast approacheth. I'm Derek Hunter. I'm your host. Thank you for listening. I want to get as quickly as possible to the news. So, rigmarole, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Check out the Week in Review Check out the pictures, you get all sorts of things, and you get to enter the contests, and you support the show, which is wildly appreciated. All right, that's enough. Let's get on with the show, because there's a lot to get to. Where do you start on a day like this? You've got to look at a situation, let's see. I, yeah, I want to kind of, yeah, I think I want to start with this COVID news, because this is, we've are, we've had two years of God complex. Now, granted, in politics, we have... God complex anyway, right? Politicians really do believe that they are, they should have been elected God. That's what, always, the old joke in Washington is that the House is full of 435 people who think they should be in the Senate, and the Senate is full of 100 people who think they should be in the White House. And the uh, White House is full of one person who thinks that they should be ruling over heaven. It's kind of how it is. You have to have an a ego, to run for any of these offices. Oh, they all tell you how humble they are. They're not really. They're not really. Um, but science, medicine, you always hear, well, surgeons. If you know anybody who's a doctor, talk to them about surgeons. What will they tell you about surgeons? Surgeons, they have a God complex. They have. They literally have people's lives in their hands. And they do. And to a certain degree, I guess you can kind of understand that this person is, you know, opening up a human being and saving a life in a lot of cases. It's not all nose jobs. So you can you can go, it can go to your head. As long as you're good, I don't really care how arrogant you are. As long as you're good at your job and whatever it is you've been hired to do, you do it well, I'm more power to you. But the research scientists, now it is the research scientists since COVID who have been elevated to the status of godlike. Oh, they're so wonderful. They're godlike. Well, why? Well, because they were listed amongst, as long as they got the shot, then otherwise they're demonized now. But they were uh, fighting COVID. If you developed any sort of uh, component of a vaccine in your life or even looked into it, Googled it hard enough, you were part of the hero worship there by the left and the politicians at least um vocally verbally said they would defer to you in all things they didn't they never the politicians never actually deferred they they found the so-called scientists who would tell them what they wanted to hear and they said this person is genius we should follow the science and then point to very one specific person because if anybody else strayed from whatever it was the politicians wanted what happened to them they're science deniers well they're they're actually a scientist no they're science deniers they need to be destroyed they need to be this they need to be that asking questions used to be what constituted science now it's what constitutes heresy which is a little bit weird a little bit weird well, we were told that President Fauci was perhaps the greatest human, certainly the greatest human being alive at the moment, but, you know, up there with ever, up there with ever, as he gets ready to retire with his $15 million or $12 million net worth, whatever, it's up $5 million. it's hard to keep track of. Somehow, everybody's 401k is crashing, but President Fauci has seen his net worth increase by $5 million over the past two years. How? Well, it's the miracle of science. He's a scientist. He's better than everybody else. Of course, it's a scam. But uh, we're told by him and by others who worship him that to question him is to question science itself. We're also told by him that he would never fund gain-of-function research that he would never even consider it, why it would be horrible 
to do such a thing, and how dare you even suggest it? He is America's greatest human being. And uh, shut up and obey. Well, we've got uh, some new information about what Fauci is and has been funding. It's weird how that works. Out of Boston. This from the New York Post. Researchers at Boston University say they have developed a new COVID strain that has an 80% kill rate following a series of similar experiments first thought to have started the global pandemic that began in China. Now, weren't we assured that, first of all, gain of function was not happening at all? That at least the federal government under President Fauci did not perform, did not support, did not fund gain-of-function in any way, shape, or form. Well, this gain-of-function up in uh, Boston was funded by a grant from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, the chief medical advisor, the the head of that, the big boss man, is Tony Fauci. It's weird how that works, isn't it? Tony Fauci suddenly is funding gain-of-function research after Pinky swearing that he wasn't doing it. And he's doing it here at home. And they have come up with something that has an 80% kill rate. Now, the COVID that's roaming the countryside right now has a less than 1% kill rate. And we are grateful for that. But 80% kill rate? That's up there with, well, I don't even know, the Black Death? The plague? The variant, a combination of Omicron and the original virus in Wuhan, killed 80% of the mice infected with it, the university said. When mice were only exposed to Omicron, they experienced mild symptoms. Now, it has to be said that the mice involved in this, and mice at the rodents involved in this, were designed specifically to be susceptible to COVID. Of course, they were designed to be susceptible to Omicron, and they only experienced mild symptoms. But still, they were designed to be susceptible to COVID. The research was conducted by a team of scientists from Florida and Boston at the school's National Emerging Infectious Infectious Disease Laboratories. They extracted the spike, spike protein from Omicron and attached it to the strain first detected at the onset of the pandemic that began in Wuhan, China. They then documented how mice reacted to the hybrid strain. Gee, something that has evolved past where it was. And they said, well, screw that. Let's go back and mess with it. Now, when some, most things don't devolve. Just to put that out there, most things do not devolve. They continue to go forward to whatever it was that they were doing. So if you put something on, you put a horn on it, the horn's going to not really pass from generation to generation because the horn isn't supposed to be there. That, I believe, is part of the reason why COVID is becoming less deadly. It's becoming more infectious, but less deadly. Everybody will take that. Everybody will take that with anything. To go back and devolve this thing and say, well, it's now more contagious but less deadly, what if it were more contagious and more deadly? Is wildly stupid. Because then you're inviting the... See, they, they're making the... Uh, they're adding the thing that allows the virus to reproduce. That spike protein attaches to cells in our body, which then the virus infiltrates through that spike protein and then the virus reproduces inside our cells. So you've got a deadlier version reproducing faster. It's wildly stupid to do, but they did it. They did it for no good reason. Well, what if this evolves in nature? What if it does evolve in nature? But what are the odds of it evolving in nature? What are the odds of it devolving? We really need to bomb this place. We should. Quote, in mice, while Omicron caused mild non-fatal infection, the Omicron S-carrying virus inflicts severe disease with a mortality rate of 80%, they wrote in a research paper. 
Isn't this nice? They weren't doing it in private. Some mad scientist pinky in his mouth up to his tooth going, wait. No, they wrote a paper. They got a grant to do this, and they wrote a paper about it. The new strain has five times more infectious virus particles than the Omicron variant, researchers say. Fox News has reached out to the university. COVID-19 was first detected, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And you're sitting there and you're going, what in the hell is wrong with these people? Well, it's the God complex. You can't tell Tony Fauci anything. You can't do it. There is no discussion with him on anything. He is smarter than you are. Shut your mouth. Accept your fate. Do what you're told. Obey. To challenge him is to challenge science. You're sitting there going, what the hell is going on? What are they going to, what was the purpose of this? The argument for gain of function is, oh, well, what if this thing evolves in real life? Okay, what if it does? We've had something similar. We kind of have an idea. You don't create it, especially you don't create something that actually escaped from a laboratory, was probably man-made in the first place, and escaped from a laboratory and became a worldwide pandemic that is being blamed, whether you believe it or not, been blamed for more for several million deaths around the world. Who looks at that and goes, you know what, we should probably see if we can make that worse. What if we take the... Uh, the virus we have now, and we make it wildly worse. Why don't we combine it with the one that was super deadly? Eh? See what happens there. There's certain things that you shouldn't need to go, let's see what happens. Uh, hey, if I eat this huge pile of lead, what do you think will happen? Let's see what happens. Half of TikTok is idiots going, what happens if I snort a line of cinnamon? What happens if I try to jump from one building to another? And, you know, a bunch of people make it and some idiot doesn't. A bunch of people go, and they sneeze all over the place, and a couple people die. And you go, oh, we probably shouldn't do that. Hey, look at that pod for the uh, washing machine. That looks delicious. I wonder if it's as fruit-flavored as it looks like it is. And you get idiots to try these things. People are wildly stupid. People should not be free to do research on the government dime. In this country, we should ban. I thought we had banned, but we apparently need to go back and ban gain-of-function research. We need to ban the concept of taking a virus and going, let's see if we can make this thing kill more. What can we do? Huh? It's like, let's, let's just add uh, poison-tip knives to a gun. Yeah, all right, like the gun seems like it should handle it, but poison tip knives spikes off of everywhere. And it, well, the bullet should handle the, the situation, but okay. The problem with a whole bunch of spiky poison tip knives is when you pull the gun out, there's a good chance you're going to poke yourself with it, right? And you're going to die from the poison, which is fine if you die from the poison. I couldn't care less. You're the one playing with poison tip knives. The problem is when you're making a virus with a gestation period, with the communicable ability and all sorts of things, and only an 80% kill rate, there's a good chance that if you screw up, well, I'm just making a hypothetical situation. Let's just pretend there's a lab somewhere in China where you've created this virus and somebody gets it and it's highly contagious and they spread it around, let's just say, a, a place where people congregate to eat. And people start getting sick and people start dying. And it just spreads from there. It goes out from there. That's, you begin to see that as a problem, right? It's not the poison tip knife that you keel over and die from immediately. It is now how a pandemic starts, how this last pandemic started. At least Wuhan has the ability or the plausible deniability to say that they did it on accident, right? Don't they have the, well, sorry, we screwed up about that. We were just trying to do this, that, and the other thing, and it got out of hand. Oopsie. Okay, it's uh, suspect because it's the Chinese communists, but it's a plausible story. If this escapes from Boston University, it is, there's no justification for it. They're just sitting around 
They got a government grant for it. Somebody sat down and said, if I write up this government grant, do you think they'll give us money? And then, sure, well, why not? It's worth a shot. What are they going to do? All the worst they'll do is tell you no. And so they did it. And they got the money. And then they did the research. Now, what's the end game? What do you do with this? You've got a version of a virus that has an 80% kill rate in mice. What should happen is the Centers for Disease Control should go in there. They should sterilize the lab. They should blast it with ultraviolet lights and Lysol and bleach and everything and put every person who came within contact with this virus in quarantine for 10 days to see, make sure none develop any symptoms and then set the lab on fire destroying everything that they can possibly get it should be made an example of but it won't be their paper was published they will be given speaking engagements they will be heralded and other people in some place with a lab that's maybe not as safe when it comes to security protocols will go we can get a grant we uh, write a grant to President Fauci saying we want to study how we can butcher this virus, mutate it to the point that it gets everybody sick. And kill- All right, I'm sure we can do better than 80% kill rate. Let's go for 85% kill rate. Let's go. Why? Because the people who profess they are the smartest generally are the dumbest. But they're also wildly arrogant. They have that God complex. We started off this talking about, and there ain't no telling them anything be nice if we had some adults in the room. But we don't. We have President Fauci. God help us all. Now I want to shift gears to the election because it is... Um, Eric Swalwell is one of those people where you're like, how did this guy ever get elected to Congress? And he is an example of somebody educated beyond their intelligence, a person who simply through sheer force of will or personality and certainly not gifts, certainly not uh, ability, certainly not intelligence, has managed to get themselves into a position of power. Now, he lives in a district that is heavily Democrat, in a state that is heavily Democrat. So the idea that, you know, the best in the you don't have to be the best and the brightest you just have to be the democrat willing to put the time in you can work hard in politics to overcome being stupid just look at almost everybody in politics and you can also pick the district to run in that will overcome being stupid so you can kiss the right butts you can overcome being stupid if you ingratiate yourself to the democratic party establishment in a particular district or state then you can work your way up and then you have to have the money, the fundraising ability, the shamelessness of calling up somebody randomly and go, look, I don't barely know you, but I need you to give me $2,500. That's a, that's something I don't possess. You know, I've got, uh, anytime I've ever needed money, it's just like, uh, I can't, I don't, I don't ask. I feel creepy. I feel weird asking. The bills are coming in for the uh, the nurse, the hospital visit. And like, I could I could use some money, but I'm not going to go, please give me money. That's just, it's something weird. You go, well, I got to find a way to make more money. Most people, I think, are that way. The politician class, I've known some politicians where they're like, I don't like doing this. I don't, I feel awful doing it. I feel awkward doing it. That's a normal reaction. At least in politics, you go, but I have to because you've got to raise the money somehow unless you're independently wealthy. Swalwell's one of those kind of guys who just goes, you know what? I can do it. I don't care. I'm, he's, he won last time with 70.9% of the vote. 70.9% of the vote. That was down, by the way, for, from his all-time high of 73.8% of the vote in 2016. The previous election, it was 73%. So, ooh, his district's going going Republican. No. In about maybe a 1,000 years, it'll go Republican. But he's still out there raising money, even though there's literally no reason whatsoever for him to raise money because he doesn't have to worry about it. Except for the fact that, I mean, Eric, uh, not Eric Swalwell, who's the other? Adam Schiff is the same way. I get fundraising emails from Adam Schiff. And you're like, look him up. Yeah, he's 70-plus percent district, too. 
you go, what are you raising money for? And you realize they get the money and then they can they can spend the money. They can give the money to other candidates. It's really kind of weird. Look, I'm more popular than you. I will help you get elected with money provided you are loyal to me when it comes to leadership positions or something like that. You got to remember Nancy Pelosi, come what may, although I'm sure if somehow Democrats manage to hold on to the House, which is unlikely, but if they manage to, I'm sure Nancy Pelosi will try and renege on her deal. Nancy Pelosi had agreed originally when Democrats retook the House in 2018 to only serve two more terms as Speaker, two two-year two, two terms, meaning four years, meaning this is it for her, if she keeps her word. You can decide for yourself what her word is worth. But that means that there will be a void, not just behind the eyes of most of these Democrats, but in leadership. Steny Hoyer's up there in age. James Clyburn is up there in age. They're all either 80 or older, I think. So there's going to be a void there in leadership. And Schiff and Swalwell are trying to position themselves as that. And the easiest way, really the only way to position yourself in leadership is to give money to other politicians. It's weird, it's sad, it's pathetic, but this is what we have. Our, this is our system, how it works. So they're raising money so that they can give, oh, here's $50,000, here's $10,000 for your campaign, here's this one for your campaign, this, that. And they, they don't need to campaign. They don't need the money. They want the money to advance their own personal political careers. And sadly, Democrat major donors are going, oh, yeah, sure, here you go. Here's more money. Even small-dollar donors don't give them money. They don't need it. Well, Swalwell, see, you can give money directly to a campaign and or you can run ads. You can create ads that you think will help the cause of Democrats. Swalwell has taken some of his war chest since he doesn't need to run TV ads in any meaningful way. He'll run some. They all run some. They all hire consultants who happen to be family members or friends or whatever. They they spread the money around. They're not stupid. It's not all sitting in a bank account. They're getting, you know, they're greasing the right palms. They're uh, Some of it's finding its way to their pockets. They're paying for their uh, vacations and trips. They just pretend it's somehow campaign-related. And I think Swalwell went to Paris somehow on his campaign. Why? Who knows? Oh, there's Europe. In Europe, there are uh, Americans over there. So you can fly the candidate over there and say, we're going to do a fundraiser over here. And so that's why we flew him to Paris for a week. And you go, that's interesting. You you spent $25,000 for this trip for you and your wife and some staffers to Paris, and you raised five grand. Like, that's not a very good return on investment. You didn't really... Nobody went over there thinking, well, we expected to raise a hundred grand and we only raised five grand. They know exactly what they're raising, but they needed the campaign to pay for it because otherwise they're going to have to pay for themselves to go to Paris for a vacation. They don't want to do that. Anyway, Eric Swalwell took some of his war chest and decided not to spend it on romantic getaways for him and his wife or uh, who knows, reunions with Fang Fang someplace else in the world and produce an ad about abortion. Eric Swalwell... He almost seems mad that his wife didn't have an abortion. Instead, they have a kid. It's, he really is obsessed with the, These people are obsessed with abortions. Like if I had parents who were as obsessed with abortion as Democrats are, I would think that they're trying to send me a message. I think they're trying to tell me, we missed a chance. We wish we had killed you. Why are you, why are you here? I'd, I'd develop a complex about that. I think a normal person would. Anyway, listen to this ad. This to set the scene. There is a uh, a couple. They're white, sitting. Apparently, that matters now. You got to tell everybody these things. Sitting at their dining room table, they have two kids sitting around. One's an infant. One's a, an older kid, probably four or five years old. They're having dinner. They're giggling and laughing because that's all white people do: is sit around and have dinner together and giggle and laugh. And two white police officers show up at the door, and hilarity ensues. Listen to this ad. You're weird. He is weird. But cute. Gross. 
Anderson? Yes. I have a warrant for your arrest. Arrest for what? Penal Code 243 violation. Unlawful termination of a pregnancy. You gotta be kidding me. That That is my personal business. That's for the courts to decide, ma'am. Your medical records have been subpoenaed, and Dr. Landry's already in custody. No, my... My God, you, you, you can't just... You will have to submit to a physical examination. What? By who? No, no, no one's touching her. Get Ma'am, turn around. Put your hands behind your back. Now. Why is this happening? Love you, honey bear. We're just enforcing the law here. Elections have consequences. Vote Democrat on November 8th. Stop Republicans from criminalizing abortion everywhere. Protect women's rights and freedom. Please don't do this. Please. You gotta love the way Democrats portray the police as mindless Nazis. We're only following orders. We have your doctor already. We will be examining you. What do you need to examine her for? We're going to go up there and see if there is maybe a baby hiding. <laughs> okay. And of course, why is why are they having an abortion? They have they clearly don't have a problem with having kids. They have two kids, but they're trying to appeal to the suburban white woman who has two kids already. And like, it's just it's so wildly stupid that only Eric Swalwell could come up with it. And I love the idea, because if you remember, was that 2000? might have been 2016, maybe it was 2014, is that 14? Where uh, Elijah Cummings, back when he was alive, put up signs around his, it was so arrogant, put up signs around his district and then around the state, that simply said, "Vote vote for the Democrats. That was it, vote for the Democrats. And a lot of people were like, what the hell? But you're not even, they're not even trying anymore because they're, they weren't trying anymore. Democrats don't try anymore. They go look at you at your skin color and they go, well, we've got your vote. Vote for Democrats. Don't forget to vote for Democrats. Which Democrats? Just vote for Democrats. Shut up. Stop questioning things. Just vote for the Democrats. Didn't work out that well. That was the year Larry Hogan surprisingly won. So they're back to it. Swalwell, not a smart man. Not a smart man. Uh, just vote for the Democrats. And then his little logo comes up there at the end, but nobody's reading that. It's a minute, 20 seconds or whatever of just sheer lifetime movie drama stupidity. We're like, we've got a warrant for your arrest. Violation of penal code, this, that, and the other thing. Ma'am, they pull the guns on the husband. The kids are there, all this stuff. Like, really? On what planet does this happen? But there are, what's amazing to me is there are people out there, there are American citizens out there who believe this sort of thing. And he really does, they can't help it, they, they inadvertently, Democrats do, do expose who they are. They do show who they are. They don't do it on purpose. They'll never say, Eric Swalwell will never say, God, I hate the police. I hold the police in contempt. I'm not a fan of police. Nothing. They'll never come out and say that. But they will portray police as these idiots who show up, we just want to come in and crack your head open and kill you. That's all we really want. Like, what? Yeah, no, we are following orders. We will do whatever it is you tell us to do. Come on, let's do this thing. What the hell? No, this is how American, this is how the police are. They're all bad guys. We must kill them immediately. What the hell is going on? And he thinks this is a good election strategy. If you watch that video, if you heard that audio, if you're paying attention to what's going on and you're living in fear that, my God, this is how the world is going. This is what Republicans are going to create. You are lucky and should be thankful that breathing is a reflex because I promise you, you would forget to do it. You would forget to do it. There's no doubt whatsoever that you would forget to breathe if that's the world that you live in the world you inhabit. I just wanted to play that for you because it's like, uh, this is how Eric Swalwell, this is how Eric Swalwell thinks he's going to ingratiate himself into a position of power in the Democratic Party. At least Adam Schiff is smart. Adam Schiff will cut money. He'll cut a check and go, here you go. Here you go. That's how you do it. Eric Swalwell thinks that he can, 
I don't know. He thinks his 70% district is America, not a gerrymandered joke that would elect, I don't know, a pile of wet rags if they were on the dis- on the, the ballot with a D after their name. At least a pile of wet rags would be smarter than Eric Swalwell. I w- By the way, this is the season for debates. There were debates all over the place uh, last night. Down in Georgia, there was a gubernatorial debate. I watched part of it. It was on C-SPAN. Yeah, there's a glimpse into my exciting life. Sitting around watching C-SPAN on a uh, Monday night because the Georgia gubernatorial debate is happening. I didn't find anything all that particularly useful, so I don't have any audio from it. But there was a libertarian guy who wouldn't shut up. It just seemed obnoxious. I was interrupting and trying to talk over everybody. Like, I get it that it's your moment to shine, but turds don't shine. You know, like you want to make an argument when it's your turn to talk, and they gave him far more time than he probably deserved, uh, especially based on polling, and they have to wonder which campaign. I imagine the Democrats wanted him there. Democrats usually want the libertarians involved because they tend to, or at least used to, siphon votes away from Republicans, away from conservatives. Now, it's it's weird. The Cato Institute was a libertarian think tank. They still technically consider themselves to be a libertarian think tank. And we're seeing a sort of a realignment in politics where the they came up with a term during the Obama administration, liberaltarian, liberaltarian, which was libertarian used to be, I don't care what you do, just leave me the hell alone. Stop asking me to pay for things and whatever. Liberaltarian is they embrace liberalism, the goals of liberalism, not necessarily the methods of liberalism, but always, you know, not necessarily, is it? Because sometimes they do. They support, for example, the Cato Institute and the libertarian movement now, they used to be for law and order. They used to be for border security. Now they are for open borders. They are for amnesty. They are for American citizenship for illegal aliens to the point that they sort of doctor studies. They, they use bogus data to make their arguments. That's what they do. That's what they're for now. Why? When did they change? Well, the younger generation of libertarians care about this. Now, it shouldn't. my argument or my question would be shouldn't Shouldn't the principles remain the same or roughly the same? But no, principles in Washington, D.C., principles with you, me, normal people, they remain the same. Principles with people whose livelihoods are dependent upon other people opening their wallets for them, for other people supporting them, voting, those are up for grabs. Those are the things that you stick your finger in the air. All politicians, to one degree or another, stick their finger in the air. It's a rare politician who, like a Mike Lee, is completely based in the Constitution. You can like or dislike Mike Lee all you want, but you can't really argue with the idea that, well, you can't say, well, he's a sellout. He's just going where the wind blows. No, he's willing to take unpopular positions because they're principled. Rand Paul, in many ways, is the same way. Most other politicians aren't that way. They aren't that way. So most politicians, though, they align their the time that they serve their ideals align with the times that they're in. It's it's very infrequently that that they don't like. I guess an example would be a, a Joe Manchin. He doesn't really believe in anything, and he put up a big "oh shucks, I'm going to put up a fight" thing when it came to. The uh, Inflation Reduction Act, the ironically named Inflation Reduction Act. But ultimately, he got, he, he, he caved. He said, oh, I, I did it because I cut a deal with Democrats that we're going to have this other deal. We're going to approve this pipeline. So don't worry. We're getting something out of it. And then he didn't get it. Democrats stabbed him in the back. Oh, he got his vote, which was all Chuck Schumer promised, but... Democrats stab him in the back, and he'll still be a loyal Democrat because he didn't really care. It was all just a show anyway for the people back home to say, well, I tried. Shucks, I tried. What are you going to do? These people are wild frauds. Anyway, um, the it is debate season, and the libertarians are trying to be the spoilers. If you notice, you won't find many debates 
for governor, for Senate, that will include the Green Party candidate. Democrats, to the extent that they're willing to debate anybody because they don't want to discuss what they truly believe, to the extent that they are, they don't want the Green Party candidates anywhere near them because they'll siphon votes off from the left. So you had that idiot from the... uh, Libertarian Party, who in many cases on issues I'd probably be inclined to believe with him, although he was talking mostly about federal issues and he's a state running for a state governor. I'm not really sure if he understood the office he was running for or if he was just trying to give a a campaign speech for president or something. But over in Ohio, there was another debate. And this one does matter more. I, I think, I hope that Brian Kemp wins governor down in Georgia. So far, Donald Trump has managed to keep his mouth shut about the Georgia race, which is a good thing. And uh, hopefully if he does, he hates Brian Kemp. But if he can put aside his hatred for somebody uh, in Georgia, for the governor of Georgia, then maybe it will work out. I think he, I think he recognizes, at least I hope he recognizes, actually, I'm not sure I think it. I think he, I hope he recognizes that if he hurts Brian Kemp, he could hurt Herschel Walker, and Herschel Walker is allegedly his friend, and so he wants to stay away from that. But out in Colorado, just to put it aside, and I know there are a lot of Trump fans who are listening, and I'm a Trump fan. As president, he was great. But as a campaigner for other people, he's not very good at it. He put a lot of people's names on the ballots. He dragged a lot of people across the finish line and he hasn't done much to try and drag them. Like, okay, you get the nomination. That doesn't mean anything. All right. You got to help these people. You've raised more than a hundred million dollars. Spend it. Spend it on campaign ads to help a Dr. Oz try and get across the finish line. Why? Because you put Dr. Oz's name on the ballot. Okay. You did that. Maybe come up with some money to help Herschel Walker. Why? Because Herschel Walker isn't running the best campaign, to be honest with you. And he's got some issues. He could use some outside, but he hasn't spent any money. Holding a rally isn't the same as spending money on campaign ads. And then in other places, there's this. I don't understand. There's a chance that the Republicans could flip the seat out there in Colorado, the Senate seat out in Colorado. Every victory counts. John O'Day is running against Michael Bennett, Democrat. On his, uh, I guess this is Truth Social, but it it makes the round. Nobody's on Truth Social, but they'll capture the screen thing and put it on Twitter where people are. There's this rhino character in the great state of Colorado. This was yesterday. Why he's tweeting this out, I don't know. There's this rhino character in the great state of Colorado, Joe O'Day, that's running against the incumbent Democrat for the United States Senate, who is having a good old time saying that he wants to distance himself from President Trump and other slightly nasty things. He should look at the economy, inflation, energy, independence, defeating ISIS, and the strongest ever border... Great trade deals and much more before he speaks. MAGA doesn't vote for stupid people with big mouths. Good luck, Joe. It's wildly helpful. By the way, Donald Trump lost Colorado by 14 points in 2020. 14 points. So running as Donald Trump in the Senate is not going to help you in Colorado. Okay? It's just not. But he can't just let it go. All you got to do is shut your mouth. It's not that hard. Just shut your mouth. Let it go. Somebody's going to distance themselves from you. Okay. You've distanced yourself from a lot of people in your life. President Trump. Most of them were people you hired to work in your administration. You ran away from them. I know people listening now are going, well, you're being mean to Donald Trump. No, I'm just being realistic. If you're not about winning the election coming up, then you're about something else. And there really isn't much use for you right now. And it'll be remembered. If the Republicans had a chance to flip this because the polls show it's close, Bennett is in, in the lead, but not it's within the margin of error, Donald Trump could be helpful. Donald Trump could be wildly helpful. Instead, he can't put his ego out of the way and say, well, this is the strongest, this and the other thing. We don't vote for the stupid people. Hmm? Okay. Marjorie Taylor Greene has said some really stupid things. 
So they do. Like I'd much rather have Marjorie Taylor Greene in Congress than a Democrat. I am for the Republican. It's not that hard to say when you've got a nominee and he's the nominee. Joe O'Day is, I don't know anything about Joe O'Day. He's the Republican nominee. He'll be better than any Democrat. He'll be better than, than Michael Bennett. Instead, Donald Trump tries to torpedo him. It's wildly stupid. Meanwhile, over in Ohio, J.D. Vance seems to be doing well. And there was a debate in Ohio last night, as I said, between J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan. There were a couple of good moments from that, but I really just want to play you one. Because it's not very often that you can see where you have these finishing moves. If you've ever played Mortal Kombat or whatever fighting video games, you can just knock the other guy out. Or there is the what they call the finishing move. And like, okay, you can just knock him over and he collapses. But if you do your finishing move, you'll knock his head clean off or rip him in half or destroy it. His body will catch on fire or something. It's just some stupid thing that they throw in there that you can do the finishing moves. It's not very often that you have a finishing move like this. Tim Ryan is a a Democrat who pretends to be like an old school Democrat. That's what he's supposed to be. Oh, I, I'm blue collar. I'm for the working guy, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, then why are you always, always without fail with the leadership of your party? There's a difference. You're not really, if they screw over the working class, you're right there screwing them over too. You're not really that guy. He's with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time, and he's the guy that PolitiFact fact-checked when J.D. Vance said that, and they said, he's not with Nancy Pelosi 100% of the time because back in 2016, he challenged Nancy Pelosi for leadership of the Democrats. Okay, so what? So six years ago, he challenged Nancy Pelosi for his own glory and his own uh, leadership position. Okay, well, in 2020, he ran for president for about 15 minutes. It was a joke. He never got anywhere. But does that mean that, well, he was standing up to Joe Biden? No, it doesn't. Anyway, he's been attacking J.D. Vance on everything. The great replacement theory, they say. Oh, he's in favor of the great replacement theory. They've declared the Great Replacement Theory to be racist, which is that Democrats want to invite as many illegal aliens into the country as humanly possible because they want to replace American, they want to grant amnesty, grant citizenship, and replace voters, Americans who are increasingly not voting for Democrats in certain areas, with new people who they think will. This has been declared to be racist. Now, it's weird because Democrats have written many, many, many op-eds and many hours of television devoted to how we can just replace you. We'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do the other thing, but now the great replacement theory is racist. It's weird. You quote a Democrat back to them, and Democrats scream that you're racist. I don't know how that works, but I don't know how the Democrat brain works. Well, J.D. Vance is married to an Asian woman. He is a, a, a Democrat, old-timey Democrat parlance, a race mixer. Ooh. So calling this guy a racist is probably not a very effective thing, but Tim Ryan does it anyway because what are the alternatives? To run on his record? To run on what Democrats have done? No, it's to try and scare everybody that, like, well, well they're going to put you in jail for an abortion, and uh, they want to be totally racist to everybody. Well, J.D. Vance took out a big old dead fish out of his pocket last night in the debate, walked across the stage, and smacked Tim Ryan across the face with it. Of course, not literally, but figuratively. Here's that moment. Thank you, we have a. So the, we have a. Hold on, J.D. Stop no, this is me. this is disgusting. I, I'd like to get here's one more. exactly what happens when the media and people like Tim Ryan accuse me of engaging the great, great replacement theory. I'll tell you, you exactly, peddling it. I'll you tell you exactly what happens, Tim. What happens is that my own children, my biracial children, get attacked by scumbags 
online and in person because you are so desperate for political power that you'll accuse me, the father of three beautiful biracial babies, of engaging in racism. We are sick of it. You can believe in a border without being a racist. You can believe in the, the country without being a racist. And this just shows how desperate this guy is for political power. I know you've been in office for 20 years, Tim, and I know it's a sweet gig, but you're so desperate not to have a real job that you'll slander me and slander my family. It's disgraceful. <laughs> I love that attitude. I love it. Look, you SOB. How dare you do this? How dare you say this? You could see on his face that uh, Tim Ryan had no comeback to that. He had no comeback to that. He later, they tried to tweet out a thing and said, here he is discussing the great replacement theory. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything close to what it was. Just like Tim Ryan accused him of, accused J.D. Vance of saying that uh, Alex Jones is the most credible source for news and information in the world. Like He never said that, never said that. He said, yes, you did. Yes, you did. It's on tape. So then the Ryan campaign released the tape and he said, you know, it's a really sad commentary when Alex Jones is a more credible source of information than Rachel Maddow. That's what he said. He was making fun of Rachel Maddow by using Alex Jones on something Alex Jones was right about and Rachel Maddow was the conspiracy theorist. And at all, you're, you said he was the most credible source in the world. No, that's, that's not what he said at all, Tim. I understand that it's inconvenient for you, but my God, when you are pointed out to be a fraud by your own fact check, that's not a good day on the debate stage. Just not a good day on the debate stage. I liked what I saw out of J.D. Vance. His campaign from the beginning was a little... It took him a while to get his sea legs. But he's got them. He's got his legs underneath him. And he's got uh, the one foot planted firmly on the ground and the other one planted firmly in the rear end of, of Tim Ryan. It was a beautiful thing in that debate last night. Looking up at social media here, speaking of Senate races, the left is getting desperate. You know, the left is usually pretty desperate. But I just saw this from Vox, V-O-X. This is how the left argues things. Democrat Senate majority may hinge on the country's first and only Latina senator. Huh? Yeah, that's their argument now. Is they're, they're making, Look, you need, you cannot defeat Catherine Cortez Masto out in... Uh, Nevada, because she's the only Latina, not Latino, Latina with an A. I thought they were going, let, it's weird how when it they're trying to convince, when they're preaching to the choir, it's Latinx, Latinx, whatever. They throw the X at the end so they can be gender neutral. See, they want gender neutrality. That's Who knows what a woman is anyway? It's so confusing. Anything could be, anybody could be a woman. Who knows? But when they're trying to make an argument to normal human beings, they, they still can't do it in any kind of convincing way. But when they try to make it, they go, you know, if we, if we use the term Latinx, everybody looks at that and goes, God, these left-wing idiots, they just ruin everything. And even Hispanic people by like 95% go, we don't use this term. Where are you coming up with this term, you stupid white people? Uh, it's, that's true. Stupid leftists, white people. So when it comes and suits their needs, they're suddenly they discover gender. They discover gender both in language and in reality. Oh, no, she's the only Latina feminist woman, woman, gender. Hey, wait a second. How did what was it that suddenly caused you to discover that she's a woman? Huh? And then use the proper terms for it. I thought we were moving towards Latinx because, as AOC said, language evolves and we should be removing gender from language. It doesn't need to be. I thought that's what it was. And now suddenly it's completely different. It, it's, a, it's a flipped on its head. It's so weird. <laughs> See, but they're really, really concerned about losing this. They can't make an argument that says, oh, you know what, though? Catherine Cortez Masto is wildly deserving of re-election. She's wonderful. Look at what she's done. Look at all that she has accomplished as a United States senator from Nevada. They can't do that. So they go, if she loses, if you don't re-elect her, Nevada, then we won't have a single Hispanic woman, Latina woman in the United States Senate. To which the response should be, 
Well, I thought that gender was a social construct, right? So there are plenty of Hispanic or Latinx men like, say, Ted Cruz or Marco Rubio. They can represent the Latinx voice or Latin. I don't even I still don't know if it's Latinx or Latinx. Either way, it's stupid. But this is the game that Democrats play. So you go, uh, they'll represent the uh, the Latinx community. And then the Democrats will go, no, 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 no. We need a woman's voice in there. No, you, woman. What's a woman? Where are you coming up with this woman stuff? What? No, 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 no. She she could just as easily shower in the men's locker room or sorry, Z. And whatever her pronouns are, I don't know what Catherine Cortez Masto's pronouns are. I'm looking at her Twitter bio right now, and she doesn't list her pronouns. So she's obviously a monster. She's obviously a transphobe or something. But whatever, allowing herself to be referred to as a woman obviously is uh, bringing the patriarchy and the gender binary back into things. You sit there and you think, well, you're being absurd. No, you can't be too absurd for the left you can't be you cannot mock them enough if vox writes senator catherine cortez masta loses it's extremely close it would likely signal a disaster for democrats the country's first and only latina senator is quite literally the democrat most at risk of losing her senate seat next month real cpaz that's the reporter or whatever the writer Christian Paz, he's senior politics reporter. Looks like a real, looks like he hasn't seen the business end of a shower in a while in his pictures. CPAS explains the high stakes of the Nevada race. Oh no, the high stakes for Democrats. Yeah, you're such a serious news outlet. I don't know what's really ridiculous is a lot of uh, conservative news sites have difficulty finding advertising. They have difficulty, like Breitbart, for the longest time they were on these do not buy lists and ban. I don't know if they still are or not, but they're banning them. They're doing this, that, and the other thing. They're all over the place. These leftist groups that go, get rid of all the ads on this. They're a hate site. They're a hate site. They're this, they're that. Race. They are obsessed with race and they absolutely hate nonstop over there on the left. And you go to their website and it's sponsored by Ford or sponsored by. Uh, Aston Martin, whatever it is, it's always something. Some major corporation, General Electric, was for at least for a long time a huge partner with Vox. Right now, they've got Audible up there. That's Amazon. That's big money. Fender Guitars advertising up there. And Xfinity advertising up there. Now, you go there, you go to a conservative website, and you see that they've got 15,000 ads on there all over the place. Why? Because they have to. The left has kept the corporate money away from advertising on those websites, so they have to make it up in volume. There are three ads that I see on this this place. That's it. Three ads. Oh, and they just changed. Uh, the Van Gogh exhibit in Washington, and you can click there to buy tickets. Van Gogh exhibit. I wonder where that is. I don't know which, but it's a, but it's a hell of a, good Lord, that's a hell of a website that they put together. Van Gogh, Washington, D.C. location. Okay, it's not, at least it's not the Smithsonian. I kind of expected it to be the Smithsonian. But you're looking at this and you go, the left has it made. They can spew whatever they want. They can actually literally spew hate while screaming, everybody else is spewing hate. And the corporations line up to go, oh, here's enough money. Here's money. Now there's a UFC fight on ESPN, ESPN Plus up there. They're advertising. Of course, ESPN is up there. They can't change your vote. That's what they can't change. That's what they hate. That's what they would love to change more than anything else is they obsess about this race. Speaking, uh, let's see, of obsessions, this January 6th thing, honest to God, I don't know anybody. Now, granted... I know more conservatives than liberals, but I know more people who aren't are not interested in politics than I know who are interested in politics. I don't know anybody who's ever brought up to me January 6th. The only time anybody ever brought up January 6th, 2021 to me was on January 6th, 2021. 
I was in a meeting when the thing happened. I was in uh, Towson, Maryland in a meeting. My phone buzzing, buzzing and buzzing. I'm like, God, I, kept it. I had to turn it off. It was in this meeting. I come out, turn my phone on, and my friend Brian had called a bunch of times, sent a bunch of text messages. And so I called him. He said, can you believe this? And I said, believe what? I don't know what's going on. And he told me about it. So I said, oh, crap, I got to, they're ransacking, they're breaking into their fight at the Capitol, whatever it was. And so I I opened up the TV on my phone as I was driving, and I saw the footage, and I was like, these idiots, what are they doing? That was it. That was the only time it was ever brought up to me, in the wild. But the left is obsessed with it. The left is literally, this is all they care about. It doesn't matter. You could kidnap their children. And they'd go, this isn't, at least, at least this isn't as bad as January 6th. Really? I, we've kidnapped your child. Yeah, you can have the kid. I just think of it as a extremely late-term abortion. At least you're not threatening democracy. I'm not threatening democracy. I'm threatening your child. No, I, mean, I know. And, but at least you're not threatening democracy. Now we must fight to make sure that only Democrats win elections. We must rig it or else it'll be a threat to democracy. Uh, I don't think you understand what democracy means all that much. Well, over on MSNBC, well, literally, you you poll this. I think there was a, a New York Times poll the other day that said 5% of people cared about January 6th. 5%, those people have made up their mind. Also, 5% of people cared about abortion. It was their number one. The number one issue for all Americans was the economy and inflation. Those were one and two. Why? Because everybody's getting screwed by that. Abortion, you can be pro-life, you can be pro-choice, but if it ain't your top issue, if it isn't the issue that moves your vote, it doesn't really matter all that much. And only 5% of the people are say that's the issue that moves their vote. And those people have already made up their mind. They're not convincible. You're not going to find somebody who's pro-abortion and talk them into going. You know what, though, I'm going to vote for a, uh, I'm going to vote for the Republican because Democrats have done such a poor job on the economy. No, they're obsessed with abortion. You're not going to find somebody whose existence is to save lives and be pro-life. You're not going to talk them into voting for a Democrat because they want to do whatever, expand Social Security or whatever it is they want to do. Those people have already been baked into the cake. It's not a winning issue. But Democrats can't shut up about it. They can't stop talking about it. Just like January 6th, they can't stop. Because what else would they talk about? They've got abortion, January 6th. That's it. Because what are they going to say? Well, Biden's economy. No, they can't do that. But hey, we passed the Inflation Reduction Act. Yeah, but you said yesterday that nothing in it is designed to do a damn thing, at least for a year. Okay, you got something else. No, you've got nothing else. So they need to, since nobody cares about it as it is, January 6th, they need to try and make it bigger than it is. And they end up making themselves look like idiots, even more so than usual. It's kind of funny. It's pathetic. It's sad. It's like everybody is the hero of their own story, but it's it's like watching so you just went it's like watching somebody with the fish they caught. Talk about how big the fish they caught is, and it's like 10 times bigger. Like, the fish is right there. It's a, it's, it's a 12-inch pike. And you're you're telling me that you caught a, a, a marlin, a 15-foot marlin. Like, what the hell? Like The fish is literally right there. That's how bad it is. But that's what they have to do because that's all they've got. <laughs> Listen to this segment on MSNBC yesterday between Nicole Wallace and Peter Strzok. Yeah, Peter Strzok fired disgraced FBI agent Fair and his wife with Lisa Page, blah, blah, blah. He's now a contributor over at MSNBC in good standing because he hates Republicans. And that's where you go. January 6th is the worst, darkest day in all of human history, according to these two geniuses. You know, that Mueller ethos emanated, I'm, I'm sure, from his own personal code, but also post 9-11. And I worked in the administration in which he served as FBI director. And what he sort of gave birth to in the lexicon was we, the FBI would never again, first of all, fail to sync up with the CIA and all sorts of artificial and, and real walls were torn down. And they would never again fail to connect the dots. I've not heard one utterance of connecting the dots from Christopher Wray. 
in the days after the deadliest attack on the U.S. Capitol in our, you know, in history. Nicole, I think that's right. And I think if you look at the scale in terms of the threat to democracy, I mean, 9-11 was a tragedy. We lost thousands of lives in a horrific way that we still mourn to this day. But when you look at something that is an attack on democracy, something that could actually bring about a fundamental change to American governance as we understand it, 9-11 is nothing compared to January 6th. And the fact that the FBI and the rest of the government, if they are not on the same sort of war footing that we were on, in the weeks and months and years after 9-11, shame on everyone. <laughs> oh, it's a war footing. you got to get out of war footing. Oh, is it Nicole Wallace? It was the deadliest attack on the U.S. Capitol ever. Well, how many people died that day? One. Ashley Babbitt was shot by police. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, the next day, a police officer died. Yeah, from a stroke, not injuries from there. And uh, three weeks later, another police officer died. Yeah, by suicide not having anything to do with it. But still, they, they've somehow managed to find a way to lie and connect 10 deaths to the, the Capitol riot. And I go, the deadliest day ever. Well, Nicole Wallace, you're not young. I know you like to think you're young and you probably had some work done to appear in HD that you're, you uh, are young, but you're not. You're old enough to remember 24 years ago or whatever. It was in 1998, July the 24th, when a gunman stormed the U.S. Capitol and killed two Capitol Police officers, Jacob Chestnut and John Gibson. And the gunman himself was then killed. So three people died that day. If you believe, if you count Ashley Babbitt, which Democrats don't, this would still be three times more deadly than that. If you also go back to the 1983 Capitol bombing, of left wing. Now, they didn't kill anybody, but it wasn't for lack of trying. The uh, left wing group, uh, Weather Underground, I think it was, planted bombs at the Capitol. So spare me this crap. And you wonder why people don't take you people seriously. Because you're full of crap. In the few minutes we have left, I just, I was looking at the, the Twitter machine. There are these pictures. I don't know who just Mindy is, but on Twitter, she's got a bunch of pictures, three pictures of. Giselle Fetterman. Giselle Fetterman. The thing I know about uh, Giselle Fetterman is she was an illegal alien. I don't know if she somehow got on the right side of the law before marrying John or she managed to get citizenship because she married John. I don't really care. But there's three pictures of her professing her bisexuality. They're so progressive, these leftists. They need you to. What? Who needs. I'm so progressive, I have to tell you what I do in the bedroom. Is that that progressive? I guess it is. Well, they want to screw you over. So there's one T-shirt with her kid all done up in the rainbow things at a pride parade, and there's Frankenstein next to her with rainbows all over him. And she says, if you play for both teams, you'll always win, it says her T-shirt. I'm like, oh, that's great. Congratulations. You're so progressive. And then out on the campaign trail, there she is. Wearing a T-shirt, I'm not just bilingual. What? Written in rainbow letters. She needs you to know that she's gay. And it says, uh, there's another one. There's a dinosaur, a purple dinosaur. And it says, Biceratops. And they're, her and John are taking a picture with a guy who's wearing a bi-wife energy T-shirt. Not B-U-Y, not don't purchase wife energy, but bi as in bisexual. And you just sit there and you go... Really, these are people are their genitals. That's all they are. And realistically, that's almost giving them too much credit because their genitals, genitals in general, have a use to one degree or another, at least, you know, biologically. These people don't seem to have a use. They don't seem to have a use at all. But you sit around, you have to proclaim your sexuality. Really? I don't know. I mean, I can't blame her at the end of the day because I mean, Frankenstein is the option. Although, if your husband's cool with you uh, sleeping with women, he probably doesn't have that big of a problem with you sleeping with, with men. Anyway, lastly, I want to play you this clip from Karine Jean-Pierre. She is historic. So, so very historic. So many Democrats are wildly historic. It's just, it's painful to watch how historic they are. She was asked yesterday about inflation and she accidentally let the cat out of the bag. She tied 
the uh, inflation that we're experiencing to the American Rescue Plan. Remember the American? That was the first thing Joe Biden did. Here's, here's another couple, one point nine trillion dollars. Here you go, more trillion dollars. It's awesome. And then inflation happened. We didn't need it. The economy was doing fine when Joe Biden came in. It was recovering quite nicely after Democratic governors took their boots off the throat of it. But Democrats wanted desperately to spend money and give it to their friends, so they did this scam. It's a really quick clip. Listen to Karine Jean-Pierre. 18 months ago, when the president took office, inflation and gas prices started rising. Well, 18 months ago, uh, the president signed the American Rescue Rescue Plan more than uh, about back in April uh, of uh, 2021. Yeah, inflation 18 months ago, inflation wasn't bad. Well, 18 months ago, the president signed the American Rescue Plan. Yeah, no kidding. That's the problem. The president spent trillions of dollars that we didn't have, devaluing the dollar and leading to massive inflation. Gee, only accidentally will a Democrat ever tell you the truth, and then only briefly. That is all the time we have for today. I appreciate the hell out of you listening. Thank you. Keep spreading the word, telling a friend, all that good stuff. I'll see you tomorrow.